0: people. This is Rachel Archelaus and you're watching the Intuitive Art Show. I have an amazing guest today. Her name is Cynthia Carrer, and she's going to talk to us about being a good girl or guy if you're watching and it's just about these contracts that we set up with ourselves to people please and conform to expectations and so much more and in fact we were just um in this really juicy conversation about like following your heart and your truth and being a rebel. And so I, this is going to be an amazing conversation. Um, And I'm going to tell you a lot more about her, but first, today's drawing is really cool because we can all find out what contracts we have that are holding us back. And mine was so funny You know, I do these drawings with my eyes closed for the most part so that I'm not judging the color. And if you've never done intuitive art with me before, go to intuitiveartacademy.com for a free class. And we're talking about contracts and holding ourselves back. And I have this thing in intuitive art called muddy colors. And muddy colors tell you where there's an imbalance or kind of something wrong or a block. And this thing has my muddy color all over it. So how are my inner good girl contracts holding me back? It kind of looks like like there's this cross-hatching of a cage almost. This is brown, which is my grounding color. And then this is a contentment color. But then on the top, these dashes are my color for, like, censorship and you know not really fully releasing my creativity so something where I hold myself back or I don't say the things I really want to say or I don't make the art that I really want to make and so I think this is kind of trying to say like I'm being I'm being too content I'm like making myself be content I'm making myself be maybe more grounded than I need to be and because of that, I'm censoring myself. And it's, it looks like in a lot of different areas. So it's not just one piece of muddy color. It's, it's like little tadpoles swimming all over the page, you know, like it's affecting everything. So that's kind of what I'm getting
1: from this. Cindy, Ed, do you have any comments on that? Hi, well, that's really fascinating. Um, We always see different things in them. And when you were talking, of course, I could see like the up and down and the graph kind of a thing. But I also saw like little beakers and uh, test tubes. I don't know if you want to hold it up again. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like if if you're going to see each of those as maybe a vial or a container for different areas of your life, um, they have like some little measurements. And especially the middle one, it's like Not only a division, but also like these hatch marks or measurements. Like, where are you measuring up, and to what standard? In your own subconscious, are you still trying to live up to, even if you aren't aware of them? So that creates an internal struggle, an internal conflict.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Very cool. Well, I'll have to meditate on that and probably go in later and ask my higher self for more clarity and kind of explain it to me. But I want to know more about you. And, you know, Cindy is an amazing intuitive. She helps um, people who are in business to kind of clear all their blocks to success. She's really, really, really good at what she does. And over the last year, I think you noticed a theme in your clients about these contracts coming up. Do you want to tell us about like what you do and how you discovered this to be such a general affliction that people are having?
1: Well, I actually thought it was just me. Um, I was born the minister's daughter, and I was born into the church um, on a Sunday. (laughs) And um, I grew up under the watchful eyes of the congregation. And so everything that I did, anything that I said, anything that I wore, all the changes when I went from a little girl to a teenager and then a woman was under scrutiny. And so there were so many rules. I mean, I felt like I was living more with thou shalt not like there was just so many rules and there was no room for experimentation, no room for error, no room to just be myself. I actually just had to to do what all the adults were expecting of me. And I don't want to say it was all bad because um, I also had like a lot of aunts and uncles or people who cared about me, which which was good. But it was very, very, very constricting in that, in that way. So I thought it was just me. And, um, then as I grew older and, um, got into my own business, I was, um, been doing energy healing work with clients, um, high-end entrepreneurs. And what I discovered is that I was attracting women who were so intelligent, smart, very successful in their careers. And yet there was a kind of a disconnect between their head and their heart and maybe their logic and their intuition and their intelligence and their creativity so it's about helping all of that come together Um, but there is something in them that they, they were trying to move forward in their own business highly successful in their you know corporate jobs but when they were in their own business going forward they kept bumping up into into these invisible barriers And each client I was working on, there would be a contract revealed, a contract. And I didn't even go into it understanding these concepts. They were just shown. And pretty soon I realized I'm attracting a bunch of good girls, (laughs) women who are people pleasing and following all the rules. And yet they're they're doing everything right. They're doing everything to serve others and help and be kind. And yet underneath, they're not happy. Now, I can talk about this forever. So I'm going to take a breath. And let you jump in here yeah
0: well I think you know what's really striking me about this is no matter what you're trying to create in your life you can be held back by these you know like even if you're not in business even if you're just trying to you know meet more friends or you know exercise more have a better lifestyle whatever it is we can all kind of see where we do things or we hold ourselves back kind of for fear of what other people think, you know, like we have that overwhelming idea that people are scrutinizing us and judging us all the time. And so if you're ever going to make a decision and you think to yourself, Oh, but blah, 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 wouldn't like that. Or how would so-and-so feel about that? I think that kind of indicates that we have one of these contracts in place. Absolutely.
1: And another way to tell is um, a lo- good girls want to be good. They want to serve. They, they want to be of service. So if a person is giving because they want to and they're, they're invigorated by it and, and it's exciting to them and they're giving from an overflow and, and whatnot, then that's that's a good sign. But if a person feels obligated to give and they're smiling on the outside and underneath, there's that simmering cauldron of rage That's where there's the disconnect. If you're feeling empty and drained, overwhelmed, frustrated, depleted at the end of the day, if you feel like there's nothing left for you and that you're not truly able to be yourself because maybe if you were, you would outshine others. Or if you were yourself, if you just said what you were thinking, you might ruffle the feathers, rock the boat, um, cause trouble. And this wiring in our energy grids, in our DNA is so deep. Um to stay safe within the tribe, I mean this is this goes back to tribal days when people had to stay together in groups or they wouldn't survive. and so it is at the core of a of a good girl, safety and security is everything so f- to be physically safe to to be financially safe, to feel safe with the family members or the community, um, good girls often just be quiet or swallow their emotions, and they have a lot of emotions that they would consider um, unacceptable. Like they would never want to talk about it. Just like say, I'm pissed off or I'm angry or I'm, I don't want to do that. So, um, good girls often say yes when they really feel like screaming or saying no.
0: <laughs> I think. Oh my gosh, this is so huge. You know, like I really don't know more than a handful of people who feel like they feel free to be themselves everywhere they go. Mm -hmm. It's so awful, you know, I mean, and it took me a really, really, really long time to feel like I could be myself with any member of my family or friends or anyone I know at a party I'm just meeting, you know, we are really terrified for at least a good part of our lives, if not forever of, like you say, ruffling feathers of being disapproved of, or even just saying the truth about what we do or don't want to do, you know, like, wow. I mean, okay. So this comes from tribal times, but you were going to tell me something earlier about DNA. Can you explain on that a little bit?
1: Yes. Um, it's so fascinating that when I realized this and I started talking about it with other people, the, the, the kind of the recognition and the shock, um, like my mother, is 85 years old. And when I realized from biology class that when a woman is born, she is born with all the eggs that she will ever have. And then at the time of maturation, and you know, like she releases an egg and um, her partner's sperm uh, fertilizes it and then a baby grows. So the, a, a woman, is half of her is biologically the same age as her mother because she comes from half from that egg that her mom has had since the day she was born. And so half of me biologically on that, on that regard is 85 years old because my, because the egg that I came from was in my mother's body and witnessed every single thing that my mother went through because it was in her body. It was not one of the cells that's left off or anything. I mean, she had that egg in her body the entire time until it became me. And then, so interesting with the men's sperm, they just kind of make it fresh that day. So we're half in the moment and half of continuity. And so, yes, um, the father's contribution does contain obviously the other half of the equation and also DNA, but there's something so fascinating about something that was made in the moment versus something that was around since the time of the mother. And so We carry in our DNA the beliefs and what our mothers witnessed, everything that she experienced, everything that they heard. So we might think, oh, we're totally modern women and we have modern sensibilities and, and whatnot. But when half of our DNA, like my DNA is from 1931, that's a really different perspective than 2016.
0: Interesting. I feel that, you know, I didn't really understand it the first time you told me about how we are like the same age as our mom, but that really makes sense. And I can definitely feel how a lot of my sensibilities, especially regarding femininity come from my mom and how I can feel my own urges in that area conflict with those other ones. And it makes total sense now kind of that inner fight that I feel a lot of the time. So do you see that a lot? Do you see like a lot of conflicting issues in women who are experiencing this like,
1: absolutely. And you know, I, I can't speak for the younger, younger generations now because maybe they're um, being raised in ways and educated in ways that, you know, girls can absolutely do anything. But when I was growing up, um, it was right in the cuffs between, um, the generation that was free love and the summer of love, and you know, the hippie and the uh, total self expression, and yet um, I was not that age, I was a little kid, and the establishment was getting really upset about that. So, there was a huge clash just everywhere culturally between the tradition and the conforming and the breaking out of that. So, to witness all of that uh, inner conflict become the outer conflict. And we were just starting to, you know, like women's live, I was hearing about that and women for the first time working outside the home and, you know, divorce was unheard of. Like if, if somebody got a divorce, it was like, Ooh, pretty, pretty shocking. Right. And nobody was having babies out of wedlock, at least publicly, you know, it was a, Ooh, someone, someone had a baby, right. It was, it was that kind of stuff was still really, really shocking in that. And the opportunities for women were much better than they had been. You know, it used to be you could be a secretary or a nurse or something. And then pretty soon women were uh, breaking through all the barriers to become equal as far as women could become doctors, astronauts, all that kind of thing. But it was just that time, there's there's a whole generation of women that were shown we can do anything and at the same time told to be quiet, fold our hands. You know, you had to look good, act good, be pretty. You know, your your value and your worth is in your uh, your virginity. Your value and your worth is in your looks. And your value and your worth is in how well you behave and please others.
0: Yeah. And I think we're still shown that so much in the media and television shows and movies. And it's so hard for me to find a movie that I can watch um, or even a, a television show that portrays women as equals. It's almost impossible, frankly. And it's funny because uh, I have, you know, this thing on my computer, not my computer, on my TV. You can see this is affecting me. I'm like doing a lot of energy work while we're talking, so bear with me here. Um, <laughs> I was watching the show Divorce. It's a new HBO show, and I was really hoping it would portray divorce in a more elevated light, right? Because a lot of people are getting divorced right now. And I'm divorced, and so... I love Sarah Jessica Parker. I gave it a shot. But the show is just all about like shame and, you know, it's just not a very fun show. So I stopped watching it and I was a little bummed, you know, where are these examples of women who are not being brought up in those kinds of ways? I don't really see much of it out there. And I also kind of want to talk about this idea of overcompensating. Because on the shows that I do find where women are treated as equal, there's still often this thread that they still have to work harder. They still have to look better. They still have to like, you know, really work 10 times harder than their male counterparts to be in the position to even have that job or, you know, make that statement or whatever. And that's obviously it's, an issue too. So it's not just that they're there, it's how they got there and how they think they need to be in order to get there. So
1: what's up with that? Do you, is that part of, uh, you know, if you talk about the media and everything, like, uh, what, when I watch shows, my husband is so patient, but I'll be like, they'll show these most thin, gorgeous, attractive actresses playing these roles. So, you know, we're not talking about their actual real life. We're talking about that the women that they hire to play these roles and they're so incredibly beautiful and thin they're perfect and they're all talking about how they feel insignificant and not pretty anymore like they're in their late 20s early 30s and like how their husbands are having an affair and going to younger women because they're they're not good enough anymore and i'm just looking at them going what these These actresses that are perfect specimens are complaining, right? And then when they um, there's so many. Once you hit over fifty, if you if you're not there yet, you won't hear it. But if you're over fifty, there are so many comments about uh, age, like basically saying once a woman's over thirty, you know, she doesn't even have value. And then when she's over forty, she's a non persona non grata. And then over fifty, we're talking like, you know, in the old folks' home. And I'm just like vital woman i still have lots of energy and you know I, I just don't like that feeling of women just being dismissed because they've reached a certain age you know and so when you're talking about uh overcompensating and stuff anytime there's um like a good girl has so many issues underneath about being not good enough and um being being told that you can <laughs> you it's the beeping show <laughs> um that there's there's so much expectations and we we have to deliver and we have like you said we have to be um we just have to Do so much more than other people. And so there's an undercurrent of it not being good enough and having to overcompensate and having to prove. So there's a lot of proving energy. So we're not just really just allowed to be ourselves and be in flow and bring what we have to the table. Um, There's just always this standard and this expectation from either our own families, our own culture, our own business, but then out into the media and the world at large. And it just, so many that the fear the body shaming, the age shaming the there's so much that goes into it because then that fear sells products, fear sells you know a lot of stuff, and so um people are making money off of women feeling insecure, mm.
0: yeah, and so that kind of perpetuates the conditioning that we have inside of ourselves mm. yeah, yeah, cool, all right, so next big topic is. <laughs> this idea of rebelling, right? Now, we were, I think a lot of people think I'm kind of a rebel, even though I wasn't really aware of that um, until today because I do things differently and I kind of make up my own rules and, you know, I don't wear makeup often and, you know, sometimes I can look like a boy and like so many things, you know, I left high school, whatever. I did a lot of stuff by my own I guess just outside the normal standards of how people do things. And, but I never did it to rebel. I never did it to prove a point or to say, Hey, look at me, I'm doing it this way. I always really did it from like, okay, I kind of have to do this for myself. Like this is where my truth is. I need to go to my truth. And, you know, and I've even had conflict over a lot of it. Um, So it wasn't always an easy decision to make, but it was the only decision I could make just because I have to be true to myself. And so it's always going toward truth, not like away from society or away from something else. Um, But a lot of people do rebel and have a rebellious energy because they're trying to fight against the conditioning that they can feel. So can you kind of explain how they're different?
1: Well, just by saying good girl, it's very polarizing, just using that term. Um, And I was, I didn't plan to lead a good girl evolution. And, you know, we haven't even really talked, touched on that is that there's actually a transformational arc. So I will get to the rebel, but what I, what I'm um, saying is that the point of this whole conversation and to um, be able to renegotiate those inner contracts and make new agreements that are in alignment with your values is about transforming from the good girl who's stuck you know um, and it's almost like a a choke collar you know that somebody else is holding so trying to move forward and it's constricting what can be said and what can be experienced and what can even be taken in and that somebody else is controlling it so by by getting rid of the contracts it, it allows you know the person to be free but It's not just the flip side of the coin, um, going from good and rebelling and being bad. That's not what it is. Or just going from the good girl and all the pleasing expectations to getting in touch with that rage. And then what? It's about growing into a person's full, mature spiritual adulthood and being, I mean, I think you're ahead of the curve, Rachel, because you're talking about just aligning with your truth, going what felt right for you. But that's pretty rare. You know what? What happens when I say the word "good girl"? Either people resonate with it, going oh, "What?" Like their antenna just pops up and go, "What? What are you talking about?" Because that that touches something inside of them and awakens something that they maybe either full on knew, but nobody else was talking about it, or um, it started to wake something up, or they immediately say, "Oh no, no, no! I'm not a good girl. I'm a bad girl. I'm a rebel. I'm you know." It's it's like it's very polarizing, but really at the root, it's systemic. It's it. It is from the same place of being socialized to be agreeable, socialized to put everyone else's needs in front of your own. But that just leaves a person empty and unfulfilled and angry and resentful. So what good is it really, if we're talking about you know being authentic and being yourself, what good is it to put a surface smile on your face that at the same time, underneath being so angry and resentful, that's going to create a very, very negative energetic undercurrents. And so, um, you know, in the program, I talk about the difference, the energetic difference between going toward something that you want versus running away from something you don't want. And so, um, part of this is to be able to really get in tune and in touch and access. What a person wants and so many people have lost touch with who they really are what they really want because they've been spending all their time maybe raising their children or running their households or running their own businesses being a really good partner a good daughter you know a good sister that they've lost touch with who they are so part of this whole process is to say well what what are you interested in and to even clear the barriers To even say it's okay to listen to your own heart, listen to your own dreams, because people, good girls, feel it selfish. There's a big, big, big resistance to if they actually, because there's the saboteur, there's the martyr. I mean, it gets, it's very, it gets really deep. I mean, we're just, we're just like pulling, you know, the first little threads about it out, but um, about the heart and following it there's a huge, huge resistance. And so to help provide that clarity of what that person really wants and going toward it. So um, you and I were talking about this earlier that when women say, but I followed my heart before, I tried it and it didn't work. But if, if you really look at it, most of those stories were, they felt so confined and so in a little box that they met somebody or they saw an opportunity that they busted out to escape. So following the heart can often look like escaping or running away from rather than aligning with or going toward.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Escape is really big, right? Like I know a lot of people who got divorced, but it was kind of like catalyzed by meeting someone else and then they got married right away and then that didn't work out or you know, you move somewhere just because you have to get out of like your current situation and then things kind of fall apart. So yeah, I I definitely see that pattern of where it can seem like you're doing something for yourself, but really it's kind of just avoidance rather than like leaping into what your heart really wants. Because I agree, it can be really hard to know what your heart wants if you haven't ever been in a position to really be your own person to look. Because, and I know you can talk a lot about this too, and how, and in your program, do you get to that part or is it more just
1: about clearing the contracts? Well, actually there's, it's, it, there is this, there is an individual program and the whole point of me even creating this is not only for the content, but I really, really wanted to create a high impact, low cost program because so many programs, and rightly so, I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into them, but programs can be very expensive, a thousand, two thousand and on up. And I wanted just something that it was like a no brainer because I want to get this information out for women, because I can see the benefit that happens when people are able to understand their contracts, find them, identify them and renegotiate them. And so um, then I'm leading them. I, I, as a bonus, I give them um, intro intro to heart mapping because there's a second program that's all about heart mapping. And that really goes deep. But before you can even get there, you have to create the space for it by clearing the contracts. And there's um, huge contracts about being born a woman, being born female, just so that you know, that's why I'm starting at the very, very beginning. Um, I can't even tell you how many women I've talked about that have issues just being born a female. Not that they're trying to be anything else, but just, what comes with these body parts and what has happened? And so um, I was one of those um, that the very first thing I was disappointed that I was born a boy because I was the very last generation on both sides and everyone needed a male to carry on the family name. And I was the last girl. And it was like, Mm -hmm. my parents loved me, but the rest of the whole family was just like, Oh, just it was a girl, so I mean that my first emotion that I have, and I can still remember it is the disappointment when I came out that I didn't have a male heart, and so many women just have that, so i may I am answering your question about the heart, but it's starting from the very beginning, who we are as a person, who we are as a gender, who we are as socialized um that those contracts need to be cleared first, then that makes room, and there's a lot of forgiveness stuff too oh boy, i'm not gonna say. not going to hide that to clear. uh, And I take people in deep about uh, clearing the forgiveness. And there's a whole thing um, about what happens energetically when we don't forgive. And that is kind of mind blowing. So I lead them through that first, then we're making the room so that we can actually get rid of the resistance and the um, opposition to even being able to see what's what your heart wants. So then there's the whole second program about heart mapping. And then the third one, is it all exciting? Now we're ready to, to manifest that. And it's about dealing with the inner contracts about money. So there's, there's a, there's a definite sequence. And so this is almost like the really juicy fundamental part that you need. And then we get to add the heart and the money. Interesting.
0: All right. So guys, if you haven't caught on by now, Cindy has a program um, all about this that you can take and I don't think I mentioned that in the beginning so I just wanted it to be totally clear and I've talked to a lot of people who were in the beta version of it and are just kind of like mind blown about what has happened because of renegotiating these contracts and clearing everything and it's really incredible and you know, I just I'm feeling called to say that You don't know how good it can be like when you can release yourself from a lot of this puppetry, right? Cause you have like strings going everywhere. People are making you say things and do things. And when you cut all that out, you have freedom then and you can make your own decisions and you can find out what's in your heart and you can follow it and, It's just, you don't know how good it can be from where you're sitting. Like you don't know how good it can feel or what it can look like and how happy you can be. I keep discovering new levels of that and it's just amazing. But I remember back to a time where I was an employee and I was always like the quiet, really good employee. I never put my psychic work on my resume. Like I was a hider too. And I just remember how miserable I was and how I would like plead with my angels and be like, why do I have to work? I'm so talented. I have all of this amazing wisdom inside of me. Like, you know, I've been this person my whole life, but it wasn't until I decided that I would live for me that I was able to really be me. And I just, I could never go back to that. It felt like I was living inside of a really tight sock, you know, like, (laughs) so I just wanted to say that, you know, it's definitely worth the time to go and check all this stuff out and do the work, do the energy work, do the clearing work, because you'll be so liberated and you just, you can't know how good it's going to feel on the other end because you're not there yet.
1: Well you you were privy to a conversation that um I mean I know the story but you had a whole different conversation from people that I wasn't there about um having gone through the program and do you want to tell Carrie's story about what happened just that's just one example of what happened to somebody?
0: Yeah so um me and Cindy and a couple other women are in this mastermind and we were talking about Cindy's program and a friend of ours said that she was launching her program and nobody had signed up, not a one person. And this lady is really well connected. People love her, love her, like more than they love me, more than they love Cynthia. Like this lady is really, really just beautiful. And the fact that nobody was signing up is really odd. And it was the last day of marketing. You know, the program was going to start. She was going to close her cart, so to speak. And she felt really called to go back in and do a module of Cindy's, um, program that she was in at the time. And instead of, you know, going on Facebook and promoting and doing all the things you should do. So she did it. She spent three hours doing one of those modules, renegotiating. I think she did three contracts. And, um, and that day, I don't remember the exact number of people that joined that she day. She passed her goal. She She went from
1: zero to surpassing her goal. Yeah. yeah.
0: So people joined that day, but somebody else wanted to come in the next day after the cart was closed and emailed Carrie um, because she couldn't join. And so Carrie opened the cart again, but not only did that one person go in, two more like slid in how that happens. I don't know because the cart was supposedly closed and you know, she'd only opened it. Nobody knew that she'd reopened it. Um, and this is the kind of stuff that happens when you take care of yourself energetically, it's all about this. Like what you don't see is way more important and impactful than what you do see because what you don't see creates everything you
1: see. So yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, she'd had this one person who's so well connected. She was like, Oh my, I, I would love to have that person in there. And she cleared the contract and that person came into the program. Like, oh, yeah, really? so she She not only surpassed her goal number of people for her program, but she got the, the ideal person that she had wanted in there. Nice. Yeah. So that's really cool. And there's been, you know, we all take programs and stuff and I, I can't even take credit for the, the information. I mean, it's just been, you know, I've just been a conduit for it. So, um, what's been... But-
0: what? <laughs> but you organized it, you put it out there, and you followed through. And following through is something that definitely needs to be commended.
1: Thank you. I mean, it's taken six months. I won't say that yeah. it, but I mean, I'm just, what I'm saying is like, I'm humbled by the amount of information and what came through and the results that people are getting. So that's what I, I'm wanting to say. And I mean, it's changing relationships. And some relationships are for the better, they're, they're healing. Um, had one person tell me that um she's been with this person for 40 years around there like a a relationship that was 40 years old so i don't know if it was her partner but a relationship after she renegotiated her contracts something a relationship that had been 40 years of contention completely smoothed out like it's a it's a it's she said it was like miraculous and um one person that i know for sure is actually breaking up with somebody because of it and not, not in a bad way, but after she went through this, she realized how much she'd been settling for and how unhappy she'd actually been. And it gave her the courage. Once she got the, um, she renegotiated it, she could actually ask for what she wanted. And it, 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 she said, it's been the most loving, amazing experience for her because she's now having what she wants. And it's, it's so interesting that you were talking about the puppet because there's a whole thing in there about, or it's a brief thing, but it's, we do a whole thing about the puppeteering. So you didn't even know that you were just tuning right in. I was always laughing going, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I might be psychic. I don't know. There's a whole thing about the the puppet that we other people are, are, you know, controlling us. And so the, the long-term effects of this, of this concept, um, is not just you, you, you take the program and then there's some information and yeah, that's lovely. I mean, this is affecting the everyday interactions and not only past contracts and subcontracts. And and maybe we should even talk for a minute. Do we have time to even talk about like what we're meaning about a contract? Yeah, It's all the socializations. It's all the rules. It's all the spoken and unspoken agreements. And so we are literally talking about an agreement, a contract, things that we were forced to accept that get, woven into our energy grids that get woven into our dna stuff that's handed down um, from our lineage stuff from past lives that we come in with that that dictate our behavior we're we are humans that have free will and yet these contracts bind us so that we're not but they operate below the surface Um, and so there's the there's the unconscious ones and then there's the promises and agreements and pinky handshakes and swears that we have done. And all of those are like webs and threads that start wrapping us up and binding us up. And so it's identifying the ones that really serve us. Like I'm married, that marriage contract works really well for me. Um, But there's other contracts that I have made agreements or I have been coerced into agreements that I've had to renegotiate. That does not work for me anymore. And so a lot of these we're talking about in the past, but people continue, unless they become aware of it, making these agreements in the present and in the future. And so these women who are taking this program start to understand, I'm about to make an agreement by being quiet, by not saying anything. I'm, I'm, I'm acting as if I'm agreeing. Um, an authority figure, like a doctor, comes in and starts to say, you have to do blah, 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 blah. And a person can start to give away their own power to an, to some authority figure. And then they're like, wait a minute, I'm about to enter into a contract right now that isn't going to serve me. And so there's something about uh, getting rid of the other ones uh, that allow a person to step forward and have that awareness of, "Uh oh, I'm about to do it. And I can pause and go at it a different way and not continue wrapping myself up in this web and these threads that are binding me to move forward.
0: Very cool. Yeah. A lot of, I'm glad that you brought up that this is current, you know, and that we keep creating these things because a lot of people do realize how they give away their power on the regular. (laughs) And uh, I think creating this space of knowing what to do differently could really help you know because often we'll see ourselves maybe do the same pattern again or we'll recognize that we're giving our power away but there isn't that option of doing something differently coming to mind or you know whatever else I actually I've been pretty good about it this year I feel like the energy is really opening up for us to do all this work more easily now like it doesn't take much effort anymore as long as you know what to do Um, and this year has been really good for me of doing things differently where I would usually just go along with the crowd and, you know, put a smile on, like not going on certain family vacations or going places alone instead of with a a group or, you know, just really in every moment of like every decision, checking in with myself and seeing, all right, why am I doing this? Am I really going to be happy? And then, okay, what can I do to make myself happy in this situation? So it's really great that this is helping
1: people in the moment as well. Yeah. And it's about creating win-wins. It doesn't Mm -hmm. usually like the, the good girl is on the win lose situation. Like other people are winning and the good girl loses. Right. And it's not about just flipping that so it's all about like, well, now the good girl's going to be win-win and other people are going to be lose. It's it's not that at all. Right. Because that's just the same imbalance. Exactly. This is about creating win-win, giving. If you're, if you're a person who loves to give, give from your overflow so that you're fulfilled. And at the end of the day, you're really excited about what happened, not drained, depleted, and angry. And it's about allowing your inner grid girl to grow up and integrate with your empowered woman. And as we're uh, going into the new coming age, the creative intuitive age from the information age, this is super important. And we're creating and ushering in a new archetype, a new archetype of the sacred feminine, of the feminine energy that before it's either been like kind of almost cutesy, you know, really feminine, feminine, girly, or women having to present as male if they actually want to seem as any authority or power. And there's been a huge imbalance, like you really only have a couple of choices. And now we're coming at a time where women can be soft and curvy and beautiful and powerful or hard-edged, mm-hmm. like whatever it is that they want to be, but they don't have to be a bitch if they don't want to be. They don't have to be anything they can be themselves. That's the whole point. And they can be empowered and they can be loved.
0: Yeah. And I see that all around me. You know, some of my best favorite business role models are embodying that. Like Denise Duffield Thomas has a seven figure business and she calls herself a trillionaire. You know, she's very casual. She wears a lot of jeans and Sports tops and like you know it's just great, and Leonie Dawson barely brushes her hair and she's a total hippie, and she runs a seven figure business and there isn't that um notion that we have to be a certain way to be successful anymore because there are so many role models out there proving us you know proving that wrong and i really I really love that there are people we can look up to who have shown that you know and I'm really glad that there isn't that like one line path anymore that people think is true. I mean, it was never true. You could have always done things differently,
1: but it was a lot harder to see that it was possible. And, and I will, I will just challenge that a little bit. Of course you could have, but the price was pretty high. You know, the disapproval, the disconnection, the, the toll that uh, That's true. There would have been more backlash from society and from family and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, you could have done it. I mean, people did do it, but mm-hmm. just was it worth it at that time? It was, um, going the party line was the path of least resistance and, and kept, kept a person safe, kept, you know, in, in the tribe. So of course you can do anything, but it's just, do you want to, do you want to get the hassle yeah. sometimes? Yeah.
0: Hmm. Okay. So let's talk about the quiz because, um, Cindy has a quiz for you to test your like inner good girlness and to kind of see like where you fall. Are you really affected by this stuff? Or are you not really affected by it? And I took it and I got a 56. So can you kind of tell what that means
1: about me if I got that number? Well, 50 and below, I mean, you know, of course, if you scored zero or one, two, you probably wouldn't even be taking the, the quiz because, you know, this might not resonate with you. But um, we kind of did an arbitrary, you know, nice and neat, you know, 50 and below. That means you're pretty, your, your inner girl isn't running your whole life. I mean, you might have a few inner good girl things active, but you're really integrated and it doesn't seem to be much of an issue. Um, or there could be, you know, like a couple really strong ones and you might only have like a couple contracts that you would want to do. Um, but 50 and above. um especially if you get in the higher numbers, that means the inner good girl, bless her heart. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being kind and generous, but there's a way to do it that you feel good about it and other people feel good about it and it's aligned. And so um, if, the, if you have a higher score, that means your inner good girl is really running your, your inner world. And so- um, We
0: should say the numbers, I think, go from
1: zero to 150. Yeah, so any pretty much anything over 50 gets into the more orange and red zone mm-hmm. <laughs> of it. Nice. Like it's it's really high. So, and you you'll know taking the quiz if this you know if any of this is resonating with you and doesn't mean if you're a 48 or a 49 it doesn't apply it just it's just a breakdown a little bit of how how much she's running your world. Mm.
0: So we will have the link to the quiz so that you can take it on the show notes page. So go to intuitiveart.com. You'll see Cynthia's picture in our show um, thumbnail. You can click on that and get all the information. And uh, I'll be really interested to know, you guys listening, what your number is. And I want you to do the drawing too, because as we're talking, I'm kind of getting more information on, on what it means. And I actually think... That my censorship shows up in me being content, maybe when I'm not really content, like putting on the smile of contentment and also the grounding, like I'm grounding it in ways that may not be my real desired way of grounding. That makes sense. Like if I was living on a different planet, I would ground differently. I would do different things to ground my life. I got out of a different schedule. I would do
1: different outdoor activities, et cetera. So um, pretty interesting interesting. because, um, you know, we're going to explore further what those contracts are. And it'll be interesting if there's going to be another conversation follow up at a later time about what the actual details of some of your contracts are and what has happened since you renegotiated them. I think that that's like to come. It'll be just curious to see. Um, That'd be cool.
0: And then you could tell us more about heart mapping too. Yeah. Okay. Sounds awesome. Wow. So I think we covered a lot of really deep stuff and I'm really excited about that. But is there anything you felt like we didn't cover or touch on? And I also want to mention that Cindy is programmed. She's running this again, this inner good girl contract renegotiating the whole shebang in January. So um, we'll have a link for you to go and check out more information. and. It's, it sounds really, really amazing. And I can definitely tell you that Cindy puts in so much work into things and it's just, yeah, she's definitely someone I could recommend working with. Um, Thank, you.
1: Thank you. And, um, and it starts at the beginning of January. So really um, to get on board and have the prep. Um, that's why we're, we're enrolling people now um, okay. because the holidays, it's so easy to get caught up in the holidays and the new years, but boom, um, this is about, Um, especially starting in in 2017, um, not making New Year's resolutions, but actually allowing a good girl evolution. So like, it's about the evolution of your desires and you able to grow without the constrictor Mm -hmm. on you. So yeah, Yeah. you did a good job. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you want to mention. Oh I'll probably think about it after we hang up, but (laughs) yeah (laughs) right now I'm I'm thinking we did really good. Thank you. All right. And the the bell of approval of of ending. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Cool. All right. Well um I will link all of your information and where people can find you. And thank you so much Cynthia. This has been really, really great.
1: Thank you, Rachel.
0: And for everybody watching, I will see you next time on the Intuitive Art Show. And until then, keep drawing and um, keep learning about how you can grow. And definitely let us know what your drawing says in the Facebook group. All right. Bye, guys. Lots of love. Thank you so much for watching. If you're new to intuitive art and you've never done it with me, go to intuitiveartacademy.com for your free class. You'll learn how to have a conversation with your higher self in three easy steps. That's intuitiveartacademy.com. And if you're already a pro or you've done the free class, And you want to learn more about creating abundance from your purpose, go to workyourpurpose.com and you'll watch a free video series all about what it takes to create a purposeful income from doing what you love. All right, enjoy, and I will see you later. Bye-bye.